Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Cranked it up early at 7 o'clock this morning. We got one more hour left, and then we're going to turn it over to the LSU Radio Network. Chris Blair, Doug Morrow will take over in an 11 o'clock kickoff. LSU, Mississippi State. And then right after the game and LSU Radio Network's post-game show finishes, Herb and I will do a special edition of the Purple and Gold Point After Show from Acme Oyster House. 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. Uh, so stay tuned to all that for got all the coverage here on WWL on Tiger Sports. Herb, one of the things that happened, we talked a little bit about uh, Mason uh, Taylor most likely missing this game. Another guy most likely missing it too is Omar Spates. But Greg Penn, uh, I think, has been tagged to be, hey, you next. It's funny this summer. Uh, I told this to Bobby J in the shows we were doing on LSU that uh, I got to interview Mason Smith and Savion. They were all at local camps I was at. And also Will Campbell showed up and asked him, give me a guy that's sort of under the radar. You think will really play big this year? All three told me Greg Penn the third. And I'm like, whoa, they weren't all in the same room when we were doing the interviews. So something about Greg has certainly stood out to them in that he's not no small linebacker now by any stretch. He's 6'2", and he's in his second number's a three. Uh, so he's a 235-type guy. I think Mississippi State is going to test him in the running game early just to see how well he holds up. And I would too, okay, Uh one, he's not Spates maybe in that area, but he's a guy that for a big man who's fluid, he moves well east and west, and he has shown he's a really solid open field tackler. Your thoughts now, without most likely Spates in the lineup, Greg Penn takes his position. Well, you know, it's pretty cool that um, that that Penn gets this opportunity because now he – he has a little bit, or he may have a little bit of that spotlight for himself, right? To kind of show what he can do. This is the time where you become um, really excited about that opportunity and show not only the the coaches and and whoever's watching on TV, but show your teammates what you can do because they see what you can do during practice and they they're like, man, this guy can be absolutely phenomenal. He he could be the guy, you know. And so now here we are, SEC opponent uh on in the in the west what is what is what is greg going to do now you know what's interesting about omar and greg is they almost have the same identical stats correct you know? um it's it's really 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 close omar has three solo tackles greg's got two and they both have six six assist tackles so um so they're really 
almost playing the same game. The only difference is that Greg has an interception, which is pretty cool. So Greg is actually one up Omar, to be honest with you, with that interception. So that's pretty funny. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things I agree with you. If I'm Mississippi State, I'm going to test him. But I think that Mississippi State has uh, they, they they feel like they feel like they're an all around balanced team, and I think they feel like they're going to just play their game. They're going to come in and, and, and be who they they're trying to be and that identity that they're trying to create this year. And I think we have to be ready all over the place. I think we're going to have to be ready for a team that's going to come in and run the ball directly at Penn and and directly at our defensive line, and then they're going to also drop back you know, uh, 20 times and, and get the ball out of the hands of, of Rodgers as well, um, see what he can do with the ball in his hands, shall I say. And so I think it's going to be interesting. But Greg Penn is a is – a, you know, he's one of those guys when you see him when he walks off the bus and like, man, as a quarterback, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see that guy in the hole. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely correct. And it was so funny uh, because Savion, I interviewed him first, and he was right off the bat, Greg Penn. He said, uh, I'm telling you, he said, Coach, he, he's the guy. And then I had Mason, and sometimes I think Mason wants my job. He he wants to, to to break down film and scout guys, and he told me, can I give you two guys? And I said, yeah. He said, Greg Penn on defense, and he said, I think the guy who's going to be our guy after a while is going to be Logan Diggs at running back. And I'm like, okay. Um, this is before the fall started, and he sort of made that. And then when Campbell asked him – it was real quick, Greg Penn. And so all three of them, he hit the trifecta on that one. But it was funny, Mason also said, hey, I want an offensive player too. And he talked about Logan Diggs, and we brought up about the fact now, I think he's the guy. Uh, I think he's the number one. But Caleb Jackson also was impressive to me, running the football. And today we are going to get to see John Emery for the first time in 2023 and man listen I, I saw John play so much at Destrahan he's an explosive player he can catch the football coming out of the backfield but if it's been against Auburn or Alabama he's made big plays in this game now here's my deal about John you haven't played in a while be careful with that football because he's had a tendency to put that ball in the turf you know you brought up Caleb Jackson and for me Caleb looked he looked really fluid. He reminded me of of a very fresh running back that has hips. And when we talk about saying he has hips, that means he can flip them, he can he can maneuver side to side, he can cut. He looks loose. He looks fluid. And I really really enjoy watching him play. Um, Logan Diggs looks every bit of the part of an NFL running back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. He passes the eye test. He you know he can also run the ball in between the tackles. He can do certain things that I think some of the other guys cannot do. But it's, it is very refreshing to see Caleb Williams run the football. And he looks excited. He looks like a true freshman running the ball. He looks like he, he just wants to be out there and he's having a good time. And, you know, the the, 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 the great thing about um, John Emery showing up is just uh, or playing today is is the fact that he's been through so much adversity at LSU, and he's still trying to persevere and trying to get to where he wants to be. Uh, you know, I've been pulling for the kid for a long time, and I really am looking forward to seeing him play today if he does, in fact, play today. And uh, he's got so much talent, and he's got so much um, 
uh, fight in him that I really I really am pulling for him today. So it's going to be exciting. So if those three guys alone, if you just say those three names, right, uh, you know, Caleb Jackson, Logan Diggs, and John Emery, I mean, that's, I mean, those are really great names to say that can come out of the backfield. Then we haven't even mentioned, you know, Noah Kane, Josh Williams, or, or even the, the, the GOAT of LSU's run game, Jaden Daniels, who That's we it. don't want to be that, right? Um, so it's but I want to see him do it as much. Put it to you that way. John actually gets in the game. That would be fun. Yeah, because, uh, man, I, I love to watch Jaden run, but not too many times uh, sometimes. But, listen, that's part of his game, and that's always going to be part uh, of Jaden's game. And any guy who's – man, he's completing 65% of his passes. I'll take that any day of the week uh, in, in today's game of college football. Herb, hang tight, and we'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. It'll be our Inside the Tiger Den segment with Jeff Palermo, brought to you by Go Tax Resolution, right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL, the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike, to tell you along with the All-American himself, Herb Tyler, on the home for LSU Sports, WWL, and you can also catch us on the free Odyssey app. Want again, thank Map Construction for presenting these shows. Now it's time to go inside the Tiger Den. It's brought to you by Go Tax Resolution. Your go-to tax resolution team. Go Tax Go. So I want to thank uh, Go Tax Resolution for this. And we have on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, Jeff Palermo from Louisiana Radio Network. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us early this morning. We appreciate it. And this rivalry game, uh, it ends today, okay? They haven't – they've played since 1943, but they won't play next year. Uh, so it's sort of a weird twist of things. But in the last 10 games, LSU's been 7-3 and three against Mississippi State. But, Jeff, this has been a weird series where we've seen Mississippi State jump out ahead and LSU come back and win. And then a couple years ago, man, LSU jumped all over Mississippi State. And they were hanging on by their fingernails at the end um, uh, to pull out the W. And we all remember 2020 to open the season. Great day in the morning. Uh, they just drilled LSU's defense, and it was the sign of the times that changed. So this has been sort of a weird series between two teams, but it it ends on a yearly basis today. 
Yeah, it is. And it's usually a game that uh, LSU can win. And uh, there are times, as you've uh, illustrated, Mike, that Mississippi State can give LSU fits. They gave LSU some fits last year in the first half. And then Tigers made some adjustments and and pulled away in the second half. And, uh, I mean, this is, um, I think, you know, especially for Mississippi State, a, a program that, especially under Mike Leach, has been very competitive. Uh, it, it's a good early test for LSU. It's a, it's a it's a game that they know that they should win, uh, but uh, Mississippi State does present some challenges. And you know, listening to Brian Kelly this week, uh, he he really he really talked up the challenges of the unique defense that Mississippi State plays, uh, the accuracy that Will Rogers possesses, and just the experience that he has. And then you have a, an ultra talented running back in Jaquavius Marks who can run the football, and then he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. So uh, certainly a lot of different challenges for LSU in this game. And then you throw in the whole cowbells and the 11 a.m. kickoff, <laughs> and, and it's, it, it's just one of those games that could get weird on you, especially if you get off to a sluggish start. Jeff, one of the things uh, in this game, and, and we heard Brian, oh, we kind of banged the drum about it. The physicality. No, we got to be more physical. Running the football. We got to stay dedicated to running the football. And on defense, he talked a lot about uh, winning the battle up front and making the sure open field tackle on the second level. He kind of said the same speech. He's almost like a politician. Uh, I mean, I could read the same speech if it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He said the exact same thing. Every day, no matter where he was, he made those comments. That, I think when a coach does that, he's telling you what he's doing without telling you. That they're going to want to run the football. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think the biggest regret from the Florida State game is they never – and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Florida State was just too, too, was the way more talented team that night. So maybe it wouldn't not, not have mattered. But LSU never – Never established the running game. And I don't know if it was because they they had that big play right off the bat to Bradford and then they got into the red zone. So then you're you're you've got a different list of plays you're going through in the playbook because you're in the red zone and and, and I, I don't know what it was, but they never was was able to establish any kind of a ground game. It didn't help that the right side of the offensive line really struggled in that game. I think at this point, Brian Kelly feels more than comfortable with going with Zalens Hurd on the right side and moving Emory Jones to the to um, to right guard. And so I think there's a little more confidence to run the ball. He's got two running backs in this game that he did not have available to him in the Florida State game and Logan Diggs and John Emory. And those guys are two very talented running backs. So I think he wants to set a tone of being physical. You never want to be known as a team, especially in football, as being soft. And LSU looks soft in that game against Florida State. And I think that hurts uh, coaches, especially guys that are probably older coaches like Brian Kelly, who, who's you know seen football where it really was and always has been, obviously. You've you got to run the ball and you got to stop the run. And they couldn't do either in that game against Florida State. And I think that, that bothers Brian Kelly. And this is a game where LSU needs to make sure they establish that right off the bat. And um, we'll, we'll see if they'll be able to do it. Herb? What happens today? Who, who is the better team today? Like you know, you see Mississippi State, what they used to be last year, year before, a couple of years on the league, uh, Mike Leach, and then now you have Zach who's come in, and now they have this really truly balanced offense. How does that fold 
for LSU, and how does LSU's offense and defense fold for Mississippi State? So who is that better team is my question um, as it stands up today, and then how do they, I guess, adjust to each one of their differences in style of play? Well, I think LSU is a more talented team. I mean, you just have to look at the recruiting rankings. LSU is going to have more four- and five-star guys than, than Mississippi State. Um, what, what I'm kind of interested in in this game is, do we see Mississippi State open it up a little bit? I do not think Mississippi State only throws the ball 17 times today like <laughs> they did last week. Now, from what I understand, a lot of those are checks at the, side, at, at the line of scrimmage. And Will Rogers checked out of a pass into a run because that's what Arizona's defense was showing them last week. But I think if you're any team that is lining up against LSU, you have to test LSU secondary. I mean, you, you just you just have to. I mean, if you don't, that's just that's just negligence on your part. So I, I think they're gonna they're gonna challenge it. You got one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference. He's the only guy that I, this was a crazy stat that I saw in the Mississippi State game notes, he is the only quarterback in the SEC to ever have 1,000 completions in his career. That's just crazy. So this is a guy that's, that's experienced. He's thrown a ton of passes in this league. Uh, you're going up against a, a pass defense susceptible team. I think you've got to throw the football if you're Mississippi State. Now, yeah, they're going to want to try to establish the running game as well, but I, I really feel like they're going to try to take some chances, and, and I think LSU's probably ready for it too. I, I would think that they know that, other teams, what they're gonna, what other teams are gonna try to do to attack them. They understand their weaknesses as well. And then on the flip side, I mean Mississippi State, there where LSU is inexperienced at cornerback, Mississippi State is inexperienced at the safety position. And so, can LSU take advantage of that when they do decide to throw the football? Can they continue, like we saw with those deep shots against Grambling? Uh, which was, uh, I mean, you know, no offense to Grambling, but it was almost like LSU was playing against air offensively on some of those pass patterns. I mean, can LSU and Jaden Daniels feel comfortable enough to also push the ball downfield? So I think it's one of those games, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a grudge match at, at the line of scrimmage, know that about it. But which teams hit on the, hitting more big plays, uh, especially through the air, is going to be the team that's going to be more successful today. Jeff, uh, you've been around uh... – the game a long time you don't see a lot of 18 year olds built like Zalen's herd I mean yeah. okay uh I've been around some big guys I've done a ton of camps in my time frame 35 38 years doing it man you stand up next to him that's a big man uh, for an 18 year old and he man he's so athletic for a big guy and I can understand not starting the season with him but getting him involved more last week, and you could see the more he was playing, the more confidence he got. I think that that right side now with Emery playing that more natural position for him at right guard and heard at right tackle, I think you're going to catch a lot of that if you Mississippi State today when LSU runs the football. No, he, he's a – He's he is a special player, just like how Will Campbell was a special player last year. Hurd is a special player on the right side, and and he's also a, a very confident guy. I don't think today is going to phase him at all. His first start, on, well, I know he's not going to start. I don't think he'll start, but his first game on the road, um, I, I don't think any of that is going to phase him. I mean, this this kid has been 
talking to talk and walking to walk since he got here. He said when he signed at LSU that he planned to start his freshman season. That's true. And I think by, I, I think by I think by the and everybody was like, wait a minute, that's crazy. You got Will Campbell at one tackle and you got Emory Jones at the other, and that's your bookend tackles for the next three years or two years at least. And uh, he, he didn't care. <laughs> he, wanted, he he knew he was he did not come here this season to to uh, watch this year and to work out a little bit and maybe play some games against Grambling and Georgia State and stuff like that. No, he wants to play in SEC games. He wants to play them on the road. I, I think he's he's not going to be phased at one bit with this. I think it helps that you have a guy in Emory Jones right next to him who kind of was on the same development plan. Didn't play in the – well, he did play against Florida State last year at Emory, but he didn't start. Uh, and then he, he got some action in that second-week game against Southern, and then, boom, he started against Mississippi State, and he's been a starter ever since at LSU. So I think there's that connection between those two guys because they're basically both – Emory knows what Zalens is is going through at the moment. So, uh, and you can just tell uh, Brian Kelly is anxious to get this guy out in the field. Um, when you get uh, special players like this, you know, potential first round draft picks, you just don't want them sitting there. You, you got three years to use them. Uh, get them out there as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable. And certainly Brian Kelly feels comfortable with her playing right tackle right now. Jeff, what do you think they'll do at tight end with most likely Mason Taylor not playing in this game? Now you got to go to the freshman. You know, you got to hit hit him with the baton and say, "Hey guys, it's your time. Go out there and make plays." Yeah, yeah, I I, I think uh, you know, and we'll see. I mean, Mason Taylor probably uh, you know a, a game time uh, decision here uh, today, but yeah, you got three talented, three talented freshmen. Uh, these were guys that. We all know how Brian Kelly, he, he likes using the tight end. These are, these are guys that the coaching staff uh, identified that they think that, you know, they, they can, can contribute right away. And you knew this was possible because, you know, at one point um, last, I guess, probably in January or whatever, or February, you know, Taylor was the only tight end on the roster. That's so you, you knew that uh, there was a chance that this might occur if Mason gets injured. So, um, and, and again, I don't think Brian Kelly is, you know, I, he, he's going to put those guys out there and I think he feels pretty comfortable in, in what they're able to do. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us this morning, but we really appreciate it and, uh, enjoy the game. And, uh, thanks so much again for waking up early on a Saturday morning. Got you up a little bit early. You'd have been up early anyway, but uh, yeah, we yep, figured I'm, we'd uh, give you a I'm call. What the hell? I'm shine pretty early here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thank All you, right, guys. You have a good one. All right. That was Jeff Palermo from Louisiana Radio Network. And that is our Inside the Tiger Den segment. It was brought to you by Go Tax Resolution. Your go-to tax resolution team, Go Tax Go. Thanks so much for being a sponsor of our segment with Jeff Palermo and our Inside the LSU Den each and every week. We'll be back with more of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you, Herb Tyler, right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL, your home for the LSU Fighting Tigers. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We're back here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you, along with uh, one of LSU's all-time great quarterbacks, Herb Tyler, right here on the Big 870, your home for all LSU sports. And again, we want to thank Map Construction uh, for making this work for us early this morning. This is our Eyes on the Opponent segment, and uh, on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, we have on with this my old friend Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC. Chris, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, sure thing, Mike. Early uh, early kickoff, early morning wake-up for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for me especially. Uh, Got to hide a little drive. But uh, all good in the world. You know how it is, Chris. Chris, uh, I want you to give me your opinion on what you've seen so far from Mississippi State. This is a different look, certainly, from what we've seen with Mike Leach in the past. You know, Mike always wanted to throw the football, and I've, I've been at clinics with him where he's, you know – this set up the run with the pass. No, I set up the pass with the pass. And he was throwing the football, you know, 75, 78% of the time and occasionally give you a run when he had you in the rocking chair. With Zach Arnett, it's a little bit different now where he's run the football more than thrown it. But in this game, okay, you got Will Rogers, an experienced quarterback, and I told him this summer at the Manning camp. He's been here three straight years. He's the only dude with his last name, not Manning, that's been here three straight years. Come on. He's got to uncork it today and test that LSU secondary. Your thoughts on Will Rogers' career at Mississippi State, but also sort of that little curve that you see now with Ornette's offense uh, sort of changing. And, man, when I got a back like Marks, I'm going to run the damn ball. Yeah, and that was kind of a shift of, of what I heard throughout the offseason. We're talking with people at, at Mississippi State, and, and they said this is going to be a full 180. I mean, this is a team that is going to go from the air raid, high flying, throwing it a million times to dominant defense and dominant run game. And, and look, uh, Jaquavius Marks, or Woody as they call him, Woody Marks, He's, uh, he's a really, really good running back. I mean, he leads the SEC in rushing right now through the first two weeks. And, you know, Mississippi State, have they really been tested yet? Probably not. I mean, Southeastern, you know, it was, they were real sloppy with Southeastern early on in that one, eventually pulled away, won it 48-7. And then this last week, it felt like they controlled the game with Arizona, but you kept looking up at the scoreboard and going, why is this still a one-score game? Why can't Mississippi State pull away? So, um, yeah, the, the biggest stat, Mike, I'll give you on how different these two teams are. Two years ago in this game, LSU, remember, they won in Starkville 28-25. In that game, Woody Marks ran the ball 13 times. Will Rogers threw it 62 times. You go look at their game this past week against Arizona, Woody Marks had 24 carries. Will Rogers threw the ball 17 times. I mean, it is a full 180 from what this team's identity was the last couple of years. But that said, they're still a real dangerous team. And to your point, Mike, if they want to throw it, they can throw it. Will Rogers has that ability. He's been one of the leading uh, passers in all of college football in recent years. Now, he has lost some of his weapons. Robert Thomas transferred to Georgia this offseason. But Tulu Griffin, with Dietrich Griffin, watch out for him. Dangerous guy. They, they were talking all offseason about how they want to use him more in, in end arounds and, and jet sweeps and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, he's got some speed. He's got a you know great pass catching. I think he had two touchdowns last week. So, 
they've got some weapons, but you're right, Mike. This is a completely looking Mississippi State team from the one that uh, Mike Leach coached. Herb, do you think that Zach, uh, Coach Zach, is actually kind of slow picking everybody, right? Maybe slow kicking everybody a little bit, just a, just a tad bit, kind of trying to lull you to sleep a little bit. And then today's at eleven o'clock, he's going to just be bombs away. And um, a, a, another question I have for you is, what is like does does the team really relate to Coach Zach's new coaching style versus which they had with Coach Leach? Oh yeah, I mean any any time you have a defensive coordinator. They gets elevated to be the head coach. I mean, he's a guy's guy. Everybody loves him. Um, you know, they've really rallied around him. Um, you know, Will Rogers, maybe, maybe the guys who are throwing it 60 times a game, maybe they're not a big fan of the, the offensive philosophy change. But I know the guys on that defense love him. And they got some studs, uh, you know, on that D-line and at linebacker, uh, Nate, uh, Nathaniel Watson and Jet Johnson, two leading tacklers in the SEC a year ago. They're both back. It, it's crazy when you keep looking at the roster you see, Senior, senior, senior. I mean, Mississippi State's got, got, you know, talented veterans just about everywhere on that defense. But to your point, you know, did they maybe kind of go vanilla the first two weeks and maybe they're ready to explode? They, they could. Um, you know, I talked with Will Rogers at the passing, Manning Passing Academy. He was telling me all about how Xavier Thomas and Justin Robinson, these big receivers, are, you know, they were going to have big years this year. And we haven't really seen it yet. Tula Griffin, like we said, he's got nine catches. Woody Marks is their second leading receiver. He's the running back. You know, Creed Whitmore's only got four catches. Robinson's only got four catches. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe they're waiting to break out. I do think they, they like their offensive line. It's not the best that they've had in recent years. But, um, you know, maybe there's some concern with, with pass protection. I don't know why they haven't thrown it more. But, yeah, certainly, Mike, to your point earlier, you know, knowing LSU's weakness is, is their secondary right now. Uh, I think Mississippi State would be silly not to try to throw the ball a ton today. Chris, the other thing is, where is LSU going to manufacture a pass rush? It was a concern. You and I talked about this last year. Uh, until Perkins emerged, they didn't have that that element. Other than in the middle, uh, Makai would push the inside pocket. Again this year, one sack in two games. Um, that has got to be an element in the game today that you have to affect the quarterback. You've got to either get him moving, get in his face, throw those hands up, arms up, but you've got to be able to affect the quarterback more. And I agree with you on State. I've seen a lot better offensive lines at State than the one they have this year. And that may be a reason why they're running it a little bit more. Don't maybe trust those edge tackles. But for LSU, they got to get after Will Rogers because I think – Nothing breaks the football pipe more than pressure. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, uh, by the way, a quick announcement. Paging Harold Perkins, please report to Starkville. Uh, we're waiting on a sack. We're waiting on some pressure. Now, the good news is, Mike, you know, if you told me two weeks in the season LSU was only going to have one sack, I would say that's concerning. But if I told you right now the Georgia Bulldogs only have one, one sack, sack two too. Weeks, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe not as concerning. I think a lot of it has to do with who they played, right, Jordan Travis. You know, he's got wheels. He's got that ability to buy time with his legs. LSU, it was hard to get to him. You know, every time they got to him, he had just released the football. And then we kind of heard Grambling had the same approach this past week, this past week that, you know, it was one, two seconds, boom, we're getting that ball out. And, uh, you know, Brian Kelly said it was kind of frustrating at times that they weren't able to, to get that pass rush that they want. Will Rogers, definitely a little bit more of a pocket passer. And, 
you know, not the most fleetest of foot. He's not going to tuck it and run it. So uh, a little bit more traditional pocket passer. So when they do throw, I think LSU is going to have opportunities for penetration and, and get that pressure. But look, sacks aren't, aren't the end-all be-all. The big thing is just forcing bad throws. And if you can force bad throws, force them into those incompletions, I think that's, that's just as effective. So, again, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking, you know, is it Ovia Gufu? Is it uh, Harold Perkins? Is it, you know, even Deshaun Womack is a guy we've heard about. It, who is going to be that guy that steps up this week for LSU and, and gets a sack or two and really starts to, um, you know, inspire that, that defense? So, uh, this is big today. I mean, look, you play – if they come out of today with zero sacks, I, I don't like LSU's chances of winning the ballgame. Uh, you stole my uh, story. Because that's what I was going to ask you. What you expect from Deshaun Womack? Uh, we heard so much about him in the fall, and then he's been in the witness protection agency. But now, all of a sudden, you're starting to hear the coaches and players talk about Deshaun. Yeah, and, and Womack was a name. Like the, the fact that Brian Kelly called him out this week, his name specifically, we heard that was uh, that's that was a big uh, you know thing that stood out to me like a red alert going off like okay maybe we're going to see Womack in there so look you know week one I thought Braden Swinson did a pretty good job against Florida State but he didn't have much help around him um you know I'm looking for some of those other guys to to step up but you know Savion Jones has has been in there he's been active but but you know what's he done so um you're right I mean the the fact that they were naming Womack specifically this week tells me he must have had a really good week at practice and they're ready to get him into the rotation there and uh and get some pressure because, look, if we're going through a couple quarters here and nobody's doing anything, I'm rotating in. Hey, next man up, somebody go get me a sack. Yeah, I, I want to see I want to see somebody make a play. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Man, we really appreciate it. Uh, always great insights. And uh, they can also log on to Locked On SEC and also at Chris Gordy uh, for everything you do. And I appreciate it, buddy. Anytime, Mike. Thanks. All righty, Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC, and he was our guest today on Eyes on the Opponent segment. And we come back, we'll be finishing it up here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with the all-time great at LSU, Herb Tyler, right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL and the free Odyssey app. We're finishing up here on our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with Herb Tyler. The our uh, two-hour show was presented by Map Construction. We thank him for that, and we want to tell everybody uh, right after the game, uh, LSU Radio Network will have their pregame show, but we will have a special purple and gold point after show around three thirty this afternoon at Acme Oyster House. Herb and I will be there, 3535 Perkins Road in Baton Rouge to break down LSU, Mississippi State. And when we cut loose here at 9, we'll throw it to the LSU Radio Network where Chris Blair and Doug Murrow and company will take over and it'll lead you to kickoff time at 11 a.m. All that right here on the Big 870. Herb, um, give me some keys to, uh, to a W today for the Tigers. I think the, my biggest key is going to be it's SEC football. Um, it's time to, you know, put everything else behind us. Let's rise to the occasion. Defensive pressure, we've been talking about it all day. We've got to get pressure up front. We've got to put some pressure um, on on Mississippi State's passing attack, if you will, on the quarterback. And then I also think that we have to 
come together as three units, right? Offense, defense, and special teams today. And I think that's going to be a key um, to, to this particular game. But uh, not just the game, but the season moving forward. How do we come together and gel and mesh? Your thoughts on early, uh, we'll do this quickly, on Jaden Daniels. Cause I think he's really played pretty well. He's yeah. um, he's in tune with his receivers. When you're completing almost 66% of your passes, now, man, he, he's got some wheels very few people have uh, at quarterback position. But I, I think you can see the improvement with him with his passing. Now, every once in a while, one of them gets away. But, man, he – you can see the improvement from a year ago at this time to today yeah. as a passer. 100%. I think the guy has really grown. He's matured very much uh, like we wanted him to. Uh, one mistake, uh, and I say a mistake, but intercepts, but the receiver fell down on the route. Um, but I, I think Jaden is exactly what we need, who we need at quarterback, 65.6% completion percentage with maybe five or six drops in there, so he could be well over 70 or at 70 um, you know, he is the guy. I think there is no question about that. Keep feeding him the ball. Let him be the leader that he is. I think he's fine. Herb, we'll be back around 3.30 this afternoon for our Purple and Gold Point after show at Acme Oyster House on Perkins Road. See you then. And we're going to throw it to the LSU Radio Network with the crew there and then Chris Brayer, Doug Morrow giving you all the action. Mississippi State, LSU, right here on the Big 870 WWL. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.